Welcome to the Flycast, musings and adventures on and off the water with Misha Gill. June 5th, 2021, Saturday. Ode to the Red Breast Sunfish. These fish are, for a start, accurately named. They have a brilliant red breast. And the red breast shades into a brilliant turquoise. In addition, they have beautiful war paint on their faces. Their sides are banded at times. Ferocious looking, and they are very territorial. Right now it's early June in Northern Virginia. Many of the cyclical events, annual events, have happened. The shad run has happened. Many of the trout hatches have happened. Um, Many, many spawns have been taking place. The striped bass have completed their spawn. Someone caught a short-nosed sturgeon at Fletcher's this year. First time, first time in 17 years, I believe. So apparently they coincide with the cicadas. (laughs) Because we are having periodical cicadas right now as well. The 17-year Brood X cicada is probably nearing its completion in terms of the life cycle. All of the nymphs, I believe, have emerged and the adults have migrated to the trees and are up in the trees singing and completing their life cycle mating and sticking their eggs on trees. That's happening in earnest. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's hot. It's a hot day. It's Hell's Front Porch in Northern Virginia kind of day. And... I wanted to take advantage of the periodical cicada fishing. And so I decided to go fish a little tributary here in Alexandria that I happen to know has sunfish in it. And so red breasts are what I was destined to catch when I started out. I didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to catch all the red breast sunfish in the stream, but that's what happened. I caught 29 red breast sunfish today and boy, was it a blast. 29 is such a strong number. It's like going out on the Chesapeake Bay. It rivals that kind of numbers that are achievable in the bay. Even around this time of year, June can be surprisingly, surprisingly good for striped bass around here. The speckled trout are in, in force in the bay this year. Early reports have been really strong. Lots of 20-inch fish being caught. going to be a cool year for speckled trout fishing. Hopefully a special year. But right now, I wanted to take advantage of the cicadas. And so went to this stream and it was cool. It's, you know, I go bridge to bridge on this stream. And the first thing I came on was this alluvial pool, if that's the right way to describe what it was. It was just a pool around some pylons that was seemingly disconnected from the stream, but I could tell that a a snakehead could worm its way over that mud flat pretty easily into this pool. And lo and behold, there was, there was a solid five to seven pound snakehead in this pool. Just sitting there, and I gave it a wide berth. I didn't bother it. I wasn't out to mess with a snakehead today. Started towards the stream and set up my rod. Six-weight Winston and a short leader, maybe about six feet. Jeez. I was so lazy, I just didn't want to put anything else on. And it was I'd used this leader for a day of smallmouth bass fishing in central PA on a smaller side, smallmouth stream. Didn't feel like changing it, and I didn't need to. If you don't fish for red-breast sunfish, you ought to start. They are, I already mentioned the numbers that are possible in a two-hour session. But on top of that, gosh, they take in such an exciting manner. They're in 18 inches of water. They happen to be on beds, but no one too, too worried about red-breast sunfish populations in the area. And you just 
take them off and send them right back home. And, you know, there's enough of them around. They, I didn't see any predators swoop in to take eggs. I don't think they'd actually put eggs down quite yet. Yeah, the hardest thing about the red breast is hooking the red breast. But once you get the tricks sorted out, you can repeat the motion over and over again based on your opportunities. I found probably, ooh, I want to say four sets of beds in this quarter mile stretch of stream. And other benefits of red breast sun fishing, uh, at least in this place, is that no drift boats. I didn't see another single person. Even though I was right next to a major highway, I didn't see another person. I was worried about seeing maybe a homeless person under the bridge, and I did see some clothes, but it looked like someone hadn't been there in some time. Fishing for red breast sunfish, I tried initially a fly tied by my friend Iggy Dragelis, and he's such an awesome kid and really talented, and if you don't follow his Instagram, go follow it right now. 21 Iggy D, is that what it is? Dude, Iggy, respect, man. You catch fish. So I was fishing a pattern that I got off of Iggy, and Iggy's pattern was getting hit and I was fishing it more like a popper than I was a cicada and that wasn't the ticket. Didn't catch a single fish and I had lots of strikes and had some interest from a really big bass, you know, maybe like a 16 to 20 inch bass, something like that. I got him all fired up, but he just put his nose right on it, decided, nah, don't want none of that, off he went. So the problem with the fly, I think, was just that it was too substantial, too big. Couldn't fit in their mouths. They couldn't get their mouths around it. At least the sunfish couldn't. So after yeah, maybe 20 minutes on that fly, I switched spots and switched over to my cicada imitation, which is a dubbed orange body with like ice dub, ribbed with a black round rubber legging material, a wing made out of orange bucktail, I want to say, and a Zelon wing in addition, and a cutout black craft foam body with a doubled back head. So the abdomen is trimmed in like that tapering cicada shape, and the head is blunt and squared off. Don't mess with no eyes. I don't mess with no legs. Just the wing out of orange bucktail does the trick. And it's a smaller profile then you might think it's hard to tell how big the periodical cicadas are going to be and iggy's was right on it was very much the same size as these things but it didn't need to be the fish were taking the lower profile fly into their mouths and getting hooked after a little bit of finagling that is it took me a while because he still was getting a lot of missed strikes because i was fishing upstream was casting quartering and across upstream i want to say like in the 40 to 60 foot range so get it out of your head that these fish are easy to cast for i mean we're talking a 40 to 60 foot cast delivering a straight straight leader to this fly otherwise you miss the fish the quartering upstream and across method was not the ticket i hooked a few fish that way but it was i was missing more than i was succeeding in hooking. So the cheat code, it turns out, for catching red breast sunfish is fishing downstream and across. And the trick is to just deliver a fly line that is extremely straight and free of slack. And as soon as the fish takes, like literally the instant it takes, and you see it coming, you see the strike coming, you set into the strike with a strip strike. And that's the cheat code for hooking these fish. And your reward for this is a fish on 60 foot of line. 
I mean, the downstream cast, man, it, you can you can cast 60 plus feet with a straight leader downstream, and then you set it right into the bottom of their mouths when you do it this way, and it, it just works a charm. And it's hard to resist because you got to walk past the spot. You can see the beds, and you're fishing over beds. Let's make no bones about this. You're fishing over beds to these red-breast sunfish. Your targets are very apparent to you. It's literally like casting at a target with a bullseye. Multiple bullseyes, obviously, because there's fish all around in these 40-foot long by 20-foot wide areas. And so that's how the numbers stack up so quickly, because I was catching 10 fish out of each set of beds. It was pretty exciting once I got the hang of it. And some of those fish are decent size. Redbreasts grow big. And the ones I was fishing for weren't that big. A big one would have been six inches. But they're four to six inches, but they're also two and a half to three and a half inches tall. So they're a big disc. They have some heft to them. They have some shoulders. They're, they're fun fish to hook. I was using a six weight and they were putting a bend in my rod. And it was fun. It was just a ball. So you hook them and you bring them in and you let them fight on like 10 foot of line until you've had your fill of looking at their war paint. Then you bring them in and ease the hook out of their mouths and treat them like a brook trout. I mean, they are little jewels when they are in your hand and they, you can admire one for 10, 20 seconds. You just gotta release them, lower them very slowly back into the water. Just until their mouth gets underwater, then they'll start gulping a little bit of water. And then when they're ready, they'll swim away. And I don't know if it would have been necessary to have a cicada, periodical cicada hatch, because I saw some of them in the water. I did. I saw maybe three cicadas buzzing upside down on top of the surface of the water. I didn't see a fish take one. Unless at the very beginning, I might have seen like a 15 to 20 pound blue cat sip something off the surface. That might have been a cicada. But I tried casting my fly at, at this fish, and it was Iggy's fly. I cast Iggy's fly, and I figured a big plop would probably alert this fish and it it was clearly aware of the fly but it moved away from it unfortunately you know i didn't see specifically the cicada go down its mouth when i saw it rise it could have been eating something else yeah i didn't see a single cicada consumed by a fish today that wasn't my fly and my fly was an imitation and i'm not sure it needed to be a cicada imitation it could have been any popper so if you in future years go out and fish for red breast sunfish just know that any popper orange is a good color white's a good color Black, wouldn't recommend it unless you are having snotty fish that day because black is just a little hard to see from 60 feet away. Green and you know, forest green as well as chartreuse. Both of those work. Blue, all that stuff works. I, I usually just fish a boogle bug and that is no disadvantage. It's a great fly. If you're not fishing for red breast sunfish, you ought to start. I think that we need to get this fish some more recognition that it deserves and I propose to TPFR this year that we make the red breast sunfish the prettiest fish sunfish species category for the year. Alrighty guys, this was a fun one. Misha out. Hi everybody. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode was brought to you by Speedwell Law, my estate planning law firm. Everyone knows that they need an estate plan, but not everyone understands why that is. So let me tell you what I think. My biggest concern is about finding value propositions for my clients. When someone dies, the process of sorting out their affairs can be very time consuming and not to mention expensive. The value of good estate planning is that it makes your family's job easier when the time comes to administer your estate. 
That's why I often say estate planning is an act of care and compassion towards the ones you love. My practice is all about saving your loved ones time and aggravation. And when you're saving time and aggravation in the law, it also means you're saving money. We take care of some really important conversations along the way, like living wills and burial wishes. And I offer a free 15-minute phone call that you can book directly online through my website, speedwelllaw.com. And that's for anyone that wants to have that conversation. I am licensed in Virginia and Maryland. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com.